When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. A spirited contest at Rogers Place tonight sees the Nashville Predators score a 3-2 shootout win over the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers' four-game winning streak comes to an end, and they finish their six-game homestand with a mark of 4-1-1. Milan Lucic, very, very involved tonight. He breaks a 12-game goalless drought. He gets into a fight. He delivers a big hit, which leads to... Nashville taking a silly penalty, which leads to Lucic tying the game with 4.29 left. Another strong performance in net by Camp Talbot, who really gave the Oilers a chance again tonight. He winds up making 42 saves as the Oilers are outshot 44-32. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 10.33. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. You can reach us at 780-496-0063 and you can also text us at 630-630. Well, Rob, we had three fights in this game. Tonight we had some, well, a lot of uh, jousting after the whistle on some occasions. We had P.K. Subban trying to draw a penalty. <laughs> On Lucic uh, late, the ga- uh, late in the game, there was a lot going on. Now, the Oilers were outplayed for the most part, th- though they do get a point out of this game. But uh, a lot of people have been waiting for this type of a game from Milan Lucic, and they certainly got it tonight. Yeah, he, he was good. And you could tell over the last little while as we were talking with Bob that frustration has creeped into his game. You know, there was high expectations for Milan coming here this summer, and he got off to a pretty good start. He's playing with Connor McDavid. Everything's good. Then it just dried up for him. And there's a lot of pressure on him to be the guy. You know, he's got the contract, he's got the big signing and all the hoopla. And when things go south and every, all the eyes are on you, frustration sets in. And you could see it in his body language. You could see it. He, he's playing on a line that he's probably not expected to be on. But tonight he just took over the game. And he took over the game with a fight. He, then he came out and with a huge hit. Huge hit. The poor, poor kid. He went face first down. And then smart when he, he the, the the player comes back and Watson, retaliates. Yeah. He allows Watson comes back and he he takes it, gets him on the power play, and you just knew. Karma says that Lucic is going to score that goal on the power play, and, and he did. And there were times tonight where the puck was rolling off a stick. It was a missed pass, and the frustration instead of the frustration overtaking him, he channeled it into anger and a little meanness, a little nastiness, and then he became a much more effective hockey player, and he was the best Oiler forward tonight to go with Talbot, who was the best Oiler player, period. Well, for sure, and, you know, it was a couple games in a row here where the Oilers haven't been the better team, and they get three points out of four. Tonight, the Oilers wound up taking a lot of penalties, and... You know, unfortunately, some of them weren't of the aggressive. I mean, the puck over the glass penalty, I mean, sometimes that's... Touch is bad luck. Sometimes a little bit of bad luck, yep. or you're trying to hit the glass, and it, and it goes over. They, they were able to kill them off, So, and then they got the power play goal. So the special teams came through, the goaltending came through. What do you think is, is happening five-on-five five that they haven't had the, the zone time that maybe they've had at other points in this season? I, I think it's a lack of desperation. Uh, I, I think that... Sometimes when, when you're having a ton of success, you, you take shortcuts. And when you take shortcuts, bad habits creep in. 
and, and the team that you're playing against, if they're if they're competing and battling and they're not taking shortcuts, well, all of a sudden you're on the uh, the side that's chasing. And I think we've seen that a lot as of late. The Oilers, and I know Bob and Jack talked about it before the game, the Oilers are not a surprise anymore. Teams that used to come in here and think it was an easy two points, you know, they were right most of the time. Now they're coming in, they're seeing where the Oilers are in the standings. They see they play a different style of hockey game. So they know they got to come hard, and they come hard right from the beginning. And the Oilers, most nights have matched that. Uh, some nights haven't. In the last couple nights, they haven't matched the intensity that was brought against them. Now the one great thing is the Oilers are picking up a lot of overtime points because three on three, there's nobody that can compete with McDavid and Dreisaitl. The bad thing is when you get to the playoffs, which the Oilers' goal is, they keep five guys on the ice if you get to overtime. So the Oilers got to be better five on five. They got to be better through the first 60 minutes. And as great as this homestand has been, this next road trip or this next eight game set where they're playing some of the top teams in the league, a lot of them on the road, that is going to be a huge test for the Edmonton Oilers if they want to keep pressing forward to the playoff push. 12 of the next 16 are on the road through to the end of February. They will have their bye week in there where. The teams now get a, a five-day section where they don't play. That comes up in February for the Oilers, who are now 25-15-8 on the season. On the Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard tonight, we're just watching the final seconds of Vancouver and Florida, and Vancouver will win as they clear the puck. They'll take it 2-1. Henrik Sedin, a goal in that game, career point number 1,000. Now, did you see after he scored what happened? So Sedin scored his goal and it's his thousandth point, the entire Vancouver Canuck bench came to congratulate him in the corner. It's pretty cool. Florida went to their bench. They all came out, congratulated. The place is going nuts. About, I don't know, 30, 40 seconds go by. They all leave. Roberto Luongo, the Florida goalie, came over and congratulated Sadine, who just scored on him. It was pretty cool, very classy of Roberto Luongo. Normally when you get scored on, you're a little frustrated or mad, but he understood the importance and the excellence of uh, of the Sedins, and he came over and congratulated him on that thousandth point. Yeah, well, if not, if he wasn't a former teammate, I don't know if the goalie would have done that. Oh, <laughs> well, you never know. You I never mean, know, I guess. I, I mean, Henrik Sedin is one of the greatest that have, has played. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, a wonderful career, and tonight is just a huge milestone for him. Also, tonight the Blackhawks beat the Bruins 1-0. The Sabres get by the Red Wings 3-2 in overtime. Penguins 7, Hurricanes 1, and Canadians knock off the Devils 3-1. Okay, 780-496-0063. In a shootout, the Predators beat the Oilers 3-2. We have Scott as our first caller tonight. Hello, Scott. How are you doing today, guys? Very good. Awesome. I uh, just wanted to say I, I can't believe the length of the game and uh, how many whistles there were, especially in the third period. It was frustrating. Um, just, um, you know, just watching other shootouts and whatnot. Uh, they're always teams with other teams. There are three guys. There are three guys. Um, no, you know, disrespect uh, intended, but uh, I think we, we got to go with this, our three guys, too. Well, Mark Letestu is a guy that's going to shoot in the shootouts because his success yep. rate allows him to. I, I got to be honest with you. When Patrick Maroon stepped onto the ice to take the shootout, I was shocked. So was I. I, I. I really was. Now, I don't have the luxury of seeing what Patrick Maroon does in shootouts in practice. If he's excellent, I, I don't know. But And I've said this a number of times on this show. If I am writing down the three names in my shootout, you can pick whoever you want. 
But Connor McDavid is in that three every single time. He is the best player in the world. He gets more breakaways than any player in the National Hockey League. He is he's got the the confidence in his ability and the ability to to rise at the the most important occasions as we've seen over and over again. He I completely shoots. agree completely yeah. agree with you Rob and I've said it many times. Uh when you get to a shootout it's basically a skill competition and although uh you know Everly has you know uh struggled a bit but he's he's definitely, you know, uh if you're if you're picking up your defensive game, hey, that's fine. If, you, if you're going to struggle through it, whatever, he's, he's rounding out his game. But he's got to be in there, too. He's got yep. unreal skill. He, McDavid, uh, Eberle, and Latestu, i got no problem with. You go with those three all the time. Yeah, I got no problem with that. I mean, and I, I mean, you got a dry set. I mean, there, there's a, you can make an argument for, for certain players on this team, but to me, an automatic is Connor McDavid. Yeah. And I agree. I was shocked that Patrick Maroon was the player that shot today. But yeah. it's a big point, big point, and uh, whatever we lost, but it's a big point. Yeah, you're right. Uh, thanks for calling. So I like, like, I, I love what Peter Shirelli said earlier in the season. He called it harvesting points, yeah. and, and I thought that was that was uh, a good way to put it. And the Oilers do harvest another one tonight. I'm just quickly checking. Uh, sorry, Rob. I'm just quickly trying to find out the where James Neal ranks in his career because he's he's now Latesti was now 15 for 34 with the miss, so that's over 40 percent. And Neal goes up to 17 for 47, so he's now in the high 30s. He's a good, yep. I would guess those are two of the highest. Well, ever since um, since they since they brought in. Well, I. I there, there's a few that are in the 40s. I mean, Yossi Jokinen was the guy that... He was the, the first guy that was really good. Yeah, and he, he he scored all the time. And he had two moves, and they were very good moves. You don't hear much about him anymore. Well, you know what's funny with Latestu tonight? This is the first time that I've seen a, a goaltender who has read the book on the, the shooters because he knew what Mark Latestu was going to do before Mark Latestu did it. And that's a credit to 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 Pecorini preparing for this game and knowing what the players are going to do ahead of him because he he knows where Mark's bread and butter is and he got there before Mark was able to. Looking it up now, there are there are a lot of guys over fifty percent mm-hmm. who have taken between ten and twenty yep. shootouts. I'd have to really look into this to see once you get up over thirty forty attempts, who has the best? Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk seventy eight point six. He was eleven for fourteen. He was seventy eight point six in his career. Remember Wojtek. Volsky for Colorado. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know what? These are individual seasons, though. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta do this. I got. Do, do, do you want I'll me to, just to do this? Do you want me to fill while you spend an yeah, hour I'll doing just, that? Well, you've, you've had to fill when I've done more bizarre <laughs> things than that. The Oilers uh, come up short tonight, three-two in a shootout is the final in favor of the Nashville Predators. The shootout only lasted two rounds. Latestu stopped. Ellis scored. He's a 5-for-14 in his career, by the way. Maroon stopped to go 0-for-2 in his career, and then James Neal scored to uh, to end it. 780-496-0063 is how you can get us, and we have Greg on the line. Hey, Greg. Hey, I disagree with your previous caller because he uh, – usually I'm the first caller through, but he beat me today, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a couple things. Uh, number one, what about Hendo in the shootout? He's got some, some sick moves, doesn't he? He's, he's pretty pretty good with the moves he's got there. He, well, he's got the one move. Like, he, yeah, what's his name? The of Paralyzer. The Paralyzer. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
I mean, and uh, he, he has had success. You're, you're right. But, but it's I, not fooling anybody anymore. But, I mean, and when Mark you, has a better release. And when you got the one move, some, eventually they get the book on it. Uh, to me, it, it's simple. You've got the best player in the world on your team, Connor McDavid. He shoots. Oh, for sure. And the other thing is, um, I know you guys probably will agree with this. Um, I think I'd like to see overtime extended to maybe seven minutes or ten minute overtime, just because it's, it's entertaining. And you guys are right. Like when uh, McDavid and Drysaddle are on the ice in overtime, nobody can stop them. They're they're just that good. But I do want to say one thing about Lucic. Where was this Lucic? All season long, like tonight was the best game I've ever seen him play, and I've watched him on all the teams he's played for. It, he he was awesome tonight. So whatever he ate for breakfast, lunch, and supper today, I'm buying for the rest of the year so we can get this performance out of Lucic because that was a top-notch game. And and I think if it wasn't for him, the it would have been a, a way different game. And it and it was very nice to see. And that's a Lucic that we wanted to see in Edmonton. So good on Lucic. And, and yeah, just that's, yeah, good on Lucic. Yeah, for sure. Well, he, he definitely made an impact tonight. Thanks for calling, Greg. I just want to quickly say about overtime, and, I mean, we can debate what should they do, how many points should they give out. But, Rob, the best, in my mind, the best regular season overtime I ever saw in terms of, of solving a tie or trying to break a tie was the last couple of years I covered the AJHL. So I was, it was probably 05 to 07 in that range. They had a 10-minute overtime. They played a five-minute period that was four-on-four. Four. Then they played a five-minute period that was three-on-three. Three, and then the game ended in a tie. And there'd be something like eight ties a year. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm all for extending the three-on-three. Three. Make, make it 10 minutes long. And I bet you you're going to get 90% of the games done. And then would you still have a shootout or would you leave it? Um... I'd, I'd probably go to shoot. I mean, the shooters are still exciting. Right. But I would extend it, the the, the, the three-on-three, three to make it longer, to have more games finished there. Uh, t- to me, the three-on-three three is just – it is just so much fun watching the best players in the world with extra ice time to be able to do some of the skill – or some of the things that they're able to do when they've got time and space to do it. All right. The Oilers fall 3-2 in a shootout. We're going to go downstairs for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. What did you make of this when you guys were on your heels a little bit? But that was because of a... We were on our heels a lot. Um, it was a game that unfolded that probably favored a team that played the night before. One, they were a little bit quicker than we were, and I thought they were harder in a number of... Uh, but the rhythm and the flow of the game was stop, start, scramble... Um, we never got into a skating type game where we could maybe tire them out. I think there was 80, almost 90 faceoffs in that game. So it was uh, an astronomical amount. Uh, we weren't very successful in the faceoff circles, so we, uh, we ended up chasing the puck a lot. Even when we won draws, we didn't do anything with them. So um, a lot of chasing tonight on our behalf rather than, uh, than attacking. You can yell, yell, Matty. Playing Cam Talbot again tomorrow. Uh, I need like three minutes to think about it, so I'll let you know in the morning. <laughs> uh, this is a team, and you've coached against this Oilers team on a lot of nights when a big, rough, tough team could come in here and play the game Nashville played and come away unscathed and take the points. Uh, tonight was a pretty rough game, and your team stood up for itself. Can you maybe just 
Talk about the change in well, I, around here. We've talked, I think, a lot about that. It's uh, we're constructed to play the game however it's presented. Uh, I think we can play a fast game. I think we can play a quick game, and to me those are two different things. Uh, I think we can play a calculated game. I think we can play a checking game, and we certainly can play a rough and tough game. Uh, we have the pieces to do that. So, um, you know, tonight was a combination of a, a little bit of everything. It was, it was kind of like a football game in the trenches. Stop, start, um, battle at the lines. Um, and again, I thought we could have been better in a number of those areas, but uh, we found a way to get a point. Maybe that's what we deserved. You know, that's an interesting way to put it, a little bit like a football game where, where it's decided in the trenches. Now, they, they don't allow three fights in a game in football, or at least you can't come back to the game if you throw a punch at football. But, I mean, I, I thought, you know, a couple times I was watching it, Rob, and think this is a bit of a, a back alley type game. And, and, and we know, you know, as Todd said, the, the adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. Is the makeup of the roster that the Oilers can actually go into the alley and walk out of it? <laughs> they used to walk past the alley before. Yeah, or, or not, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, they, or they wouldn't yeah. even be engaged no. in a game like this. No, they yeah. wouldn't. They would, okay, there's a tough-looking alley down there. Let's go to the next side street. Maybe there's lights on down there. No, it, it's a different team, and it, which it is really funny about tonight's game. The other night we had the Calgary Flames here, Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada. We expected, you know, it was going to be physical, it's going to be fast, it's going to be, like, energy and intense and emotional, and it was none of those things. The shots were 9-8 halfway through the game. And here's a Nashville team that, you know, we don't know a whole lot about, and they got a lot of very skilled players, and all of a sudden it's a nasty, dirty hockey game. And it was like, hey, wow, where did this come from? But the Oilers were able to battle in it. Now, the Oilers were not the better team in it, but there was battle, and some of the players that you don't think are guys that are going to change the outcomes of hockey games became more important in a game like this, where you have Hendricks involved in the physicality, you have uh, Cassian involved, you have Lucic involved. Those are the players that need to come up big in these kind of moments, and they did. And that's good for the others because to, to, to win, to make A the playoffs, and then to win in the playoffs, you must be able to win different types of games. Because each game is its own thing. And some games are going to be a game that's just, it's a skilled game. So you got to be able to win the skilled game. Some games it's going to be one where it's going to be tight check and you need a goalie that's going to make a big save. Well, the Oilers have got that. And now you've got a team that if someone wants to come in and try and push you around, you can push back. And we're going to see that over the next eight games when they play these Ducks, the 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 um, play the Sharks, Sharks coming up this week. Yeah. They play Nashville again, and then you're going to see the skilled games playing in in Calgary, playing against Montreal, playing against Chicago. So they're going to get tested a bunch of different ways in these next eight games against eight of the or in the game the elite teams of the National Hockey League. A huge test coming up. Cam Talbot very strong again tonight. 42 saves. He's the first star. Lucic, the second star, Ryan Ellis, who had a really good game and scored in the shootout for Nashville and scored in regulation time, is the third star. Our fourth star for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. You know what, Rob? I'm going to put a name forward here quickly because you mentioned players who have to step up and play a rough game. He's not the biggest guy in the world. He's a rookie. Hopefully the best is yet to come. But you saw Drake Kajula tonight not shy away mm-hmm. from any of that stuff. He, he gets right in there. He does. And not only does he not shy away, 
he initiates. <laughs> right. And there was a, there was a, uh, I don't know how there wasn't a penalty, but both he and I can't remember who the, the predator was. They had each other in headlocks right in front of the ref, and they kind of did a little somersault together. It was almost like a Cirque du Soleil of, uh, type of event that they had going on over there. Yeah, no, I, I like what he brings. And he also, he, he, he's a smart kid. He understands his role on the team right now is in an offensive role. He's in a third line type of, uh, he's a third line centerman. He's playing with a guy called up from the minors who's been up and down. And on his other wing is a guy, Milan Lucic, who's on the third line because he's struggling. So Drake understands, all right, I got to be strong in the forecheck. I got to be strong in my own zone. I got to be physical when I have. I got to be a little bit of a pest out there. And he's doing that. So he's doing the little things to make up for the fact that his line is not creating a lot of offense. All right, we're also going to go into the visitor's dressing room for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Michael is up next on the open line, and we'll also have the full post-game comments from Milan Lucic. Predators 3, Oilers 2, and a shootout. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Top, top of the circles, moving down low. Ellis, one-timer rip right to the chest of Cam Talbot. Off a feed from Mike Ribeiro. A lot of choices for Camp Talbot's save of the game for Armour Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armour at armorinsurance.ca. He makes 42 stops. Big reason why the Oilers got this game into overtime, though Nashville winds up winning 3-2 in a shootout. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 1057-780-496-0063 is the phone number, and we'll welcome Michael. Good evening, Michael. Hi. Uh, just fine. How are you doing? <laughs> Good, Thanks. I just uh, want to get your take. I didn't get to hear the broadcast, but on that play in the in overtime, like the right off the faceoff, like David goes in, like so many things went against the Oilers there. First of all, he, there should have been a penalty on the play. Second of all, um, the puck the puck looked like across the line, even though the net was off. The, their own player took the net off, so that I thought the rule was if the player takes the net off himself, if the puck crosses the line. It's still a goal, whether the net's there or not. That's and then the player, and if it didn't go over the line, that's because the player put his hand on the on the puck. So there's a there's an automatic penalty shot right there. So there's three things right there that the the refs missed. Yeah, I don't think he ever actually covered the puck, but that's a good question. I'm just going to read the. Uh... Uh, what the NHL put out at seven seconds of overtime. Video review confirmed that the puck did not cross the Nashville goal line between the normal position of the posts. Therefore, the referee's call on the ice stands. No goal, Edmonton. I don't think they could for sure say that the puck was between the goal posts if the net would have stayed in place when it crossed the line. Well, the, the views that they kept showing on the, the TV, they never showed a good angle. They kept showing from the one, the, the backside where you couldn't even see the puck. So I, they have to have confirmation that it, like visual confirmation that it crossed the line before they can overturn the ref. Uh, I thought it was the right call. I, I did. It was close because like, they, they kept looking at it. Yep. I know, Rob, you and I were kind of looking at each other like, oh, I wonder, but they can't, they can't give out goals on, oh, bah, probably. Like they, I mean, even like that McDavid one with Jonathan Quick last yep. year, we all knew it was probably in the net. And then, you know, there was a photograph that showed it, which the NHL didn't have access to. So I think if you, as an Oilers fan, say if the Predators had made that net drive and that had happened, you wouldn't have wanted that goal. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I think it was it was the right call. The Oilers had a number of good chances after that to still win the game in, in overtime. Oh, Sekar, that great save by Rene on oh, Sekar. Rene was, he, both goaltenders tonight were very, very good. Both goaltenders were sensational. 
3-2 is the final for Nashville. No Japanese Village goal light tonight. The Oilers have to score five or more in a game for us to turn that on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Man, it's been about a month and a half since we've turned it on. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. All right, we're going to bring you the news, traffic, and weather here. Remember, I did say a couple weeks ago it was going to warm up, Rob Brown. You did. Then again, there was nowhere to go but because it was like minus 35. (laughs) Well, can you keep it this temperature because it's been quite nice. I'll try. I'll try, Rob. Uh, News, traffic, and weather coming up. Then we'll bring you the full Milan-Lucic postgame scrum. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Brand. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center. Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Okay, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is 11.04. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins inside a uh, emptying out Rogers Place. So I like doing the show from up here. It does, yeah. It's, we're a long way up. I mean, we could throw things down on the... I don't know if I could reach the ice from here. Well, well I guess with the... Oh, I no. Get the, well, I, I, the, but this... this uh, black thing. The black <laughs> thing. I, what, is it like a lighting grid? I don't know. That'd be in the way. There's, you know, we should do that one night. See what, if any of us can throw something on the ice. We won't say it on air because we'll get in trouble, but... We'll bring baseballs in we here, see if we it, get it. Yeah, if we just time it when... Because right now there's people working on the ice, but... Uh, well, they, they can go in there and judge who's closer to the oil drop. We could try to hit this, drop. the center ice dot, yeah. Exactly. yeah. We could do chuck-a-puck from up here. Yeah, well, we're going to have sore shoulders eight stories down. That's a long way to go. <laughs> uh, the Oilers uh, couldn't pull it out tonight. Another overtime game. 13 of the Oilers' last 23 games have been tied after 60 minutes, and uh, Rob and I uh, often laugh about the number of, well, pretty much every game after two periods is within a goal or or tied, and, and it looked like the Oilers were going to be down one nothing after two tonight because Arvidsson scored at 248, or with 248 left in the second period. Oh, and Matt uh, Hendricks ties it 41 seconds later with uh, off a of Pekka Rene turnover, and then Hendricks got a shot that squeaked through. You think you think Rene just wasn't quite back where he wanted to be in the net there? Uh, I think he was probably a little surprised because he three or four seconds earlier he had the puck on his stick and could have cleared it. So it was probably from some frustration. But you and I have talked a lot. I am a big uh, I, I enjoy and I, I push the fact go five hole. Seriously, go five hole on goalies. If you can hit the spot, he can't stop it. They're pushing their legs out. They're not pulling their legs in. Matt Hendricks finds a small small spot. You look silly when you miss it, but when you hit it, it's huge. And tonight, that goal for the fourth line was a huge goal. Allowed them to go into the third period all tied up. Hendricks, second of the year from Cassian. Ellis put the Preds ahead in the third. Then Lucic on the power play, his 11th from Dreisaitl and McDavid with 4.29 left. Lucic had gone the previous 12 games without a goal. So the two goals for the Oilers means a $100 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation coming from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. Total donation for the season, $3,375. We'll go to Nick on the phone line in a couple of minutes, but we want to go downstairs to the big man who had a big game tonight, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. Here's Milan Lucic. How would you kind of categorize the way the night went for you, the hits, the goal, the fight, just kind of everything? Uh, just try to get into the game. I think, you know, it was a much easier game to kind of get into just because of uh, 
the way both teams are playing. I think there's a lot of emotion from both sides, and uh, you know when things when things aren't going for well for you as of late in the scorch, you, you kind of have to sometimes just get yourself involved physically and emotionally uh, to kind of break uh, the drought that you're on. So uh, you know was able to you know get you know one of my better games going uh in the last month or so and uh get a big goal out of it but the main thing is is you know is the win i think it's great that we get a point out of it and we go nine out of 12 here on on this homestand which is obviously uh you know a, a pretty good um record of this uh six game homestand uh you know, but it would have been nice to get that win tonight, and I think it, it's kind of a, a little bit of a, a big taste and a lesson of what playoff hockey is going to be like for our group. It's tight checking game; you don't get a lot of chances. That's a you know playoff type of team. You know, they they made it to the second round for a reason last year. So, uh, you know, just uh, you know, happy to to get the point. But moving forward, uh, I think we. Uh, learned a lesson and know that we got to be better in, in games like this. Did you suck that guy into the penalty? You hit him, nailed him, and then we went after you. No, not at all. I mean, uh, I've I've never dived or, or embellished, and he wanted to get back at you, but I guess he wanted to. Yeah, and uh, um, you know, it, it's just. Uh, play that that leads to us scoring a goal so it, it worked out for us and uh you know big clean hit behind the net uh and he i'm sure if you ask him and and his coach he'd probably uh, want to take it back but it was good that we were able to, to capitalize on it you had gone a long stretch like 20 games without getting a penalty minute and then you get one, and it's in a game in which you play your best hockey in a long time. Is there a correlation there between you mucking it up and being effective offensively? Yeah. Uh, the, the emotional part is, is a big part of my game, probably the biggest part of my game. And uh, it probably wasn't good enough, uh, you know, the last couple of games in the last month. Um you know, I'm not trying to make excuses for myself, but sometimes it's it's tough, uh, you know, finding a willing combatant in this day and age of, of uh, the NHL. Uh, but it's just a matter of uh, playing hard and, uh, you know, um, just getting yourself uh, in those dirty areas and, and being physical and, and making, sometimes it's making the other team react, right? And, uh, you know, I don't... I don't think I, I have done a good job of that as of late and was able to kind of get it going here today. And, um, you know, penalty minutes are, are penalty minutes. I've never been a guy that took too many stick infractions, but uh, just getting myself involved physically, you know, those ones uh, tend to happen more for me. But, um, you know, it was, it was on a personal note, nice to get myself a lot more involved uh, and engaged into the game. I think that's why it happened. And uh, I, the main thing is, is to build from that, take a step forward and, and, and uh, 
and go from there. This is a very aggressive game, game considering that that's not a team in your division. I mean, it's in your conference, yep. but you, hard, you don't play them very often. That was in the first time you're playing them, but it was a lot of animosity for teams playing each other for the first time. Well, I think it's them fighting for points where they are in the standings, and you know, we know where we are in the standings too. And 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 it does. You can't. You can't give up points this time of year and expect to make them back uh, later on the year. I, I've been through that in 14-15 with Boston, and we end up losing out on the last game of the season. So I think it was just both teams trying to do whatever they can to get, get some big points here, and I think that's why it turned into the game that it did. You were part of a team that would come in here. And Bring it back to and Cheech. Thanks a lot, Brendan Ulrich. Work on the dressing room tonight, and Milan Lucic, who has proven himself to be pretty pretty thoughtful and pretty thorough with his answers here, I've noticed since since joining the Edmonton Oilers. So, what did you think? <laughs> well, okay, I uh, maybe I don't have a lot of penalty minutes. It's also hard to find willing combatants in the NHL this day and age. Well, I never seem to have a problem finding. There's usually a lineup of guys that wanted to fight me. Maybe it's because he's really <laughs> tough. Um, it, it's true. I mean, this is not a fighting league anymore. Uh, the Oilers are a team that needs every point it can get. So you can't go out there and do something dumb trying to find a dance partner. You can't go take, you know, the, the double minor instigator penalty and then hope that he drops his gloves. Now you're shorthanded. It, it, it's not worth it. Uh, the, the league is different now. It's not uh, a dirty, nasty league that we've seen in the past. I mean, when's the last time we've, we've seen an oiler that has taken a huge crushing hit that needed a response? There, it just doesn't happen like it did before. Uh, Milan, he showed tonight you don't have to f j to fight to be able to... The big hit there, the the coming in for your teammates, the getting in front of the net and taking the abuse so that you can get that stick on that power play pass that's coming out and you put the puck in the back of the net. Those are the things that he needs to do. Um, Milan, and, and like the one caller said, I liked, he, he said, this is the best I've seen him play. Why don't we see that every night from Milan? Now, I don't know if you can get that every night to be that emotionally uh, charged into a hockey game. But having said that, we need it more consistently than what we've had from Milan Lucic because what we've seen without putting the puck in the net, he can still change the complexion of a hockey game, and we need to see it more than we've seen it thus far this year. I think he's going in the right direction, and I think Milan as the season progresses, is going to become more and more important to this hockey club. Predators win 3-2 in a shootout. We have Nick at 780-496-0063. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. How are you guys? Doing well. What's up, man? Oh, you know, just uh, sitting back, drinking Keystones, ready to win the overtime overline play. Let's go. Oh, you're ready to jump in. Okay. I thought maybe you had a, a thought on the game. We can do finish the play. Absolutely. Oh, great game. Great game by Luch. Still only worth $3.3 million a year, but, you know, we'll get over it. Great game. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Nick's going to try to qualify for the grand prize draw. $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire experience integrity. I believe it's a Milan Lucic clue tonight. And this one will be a fight, and it's Cody McLeod and Milan Lucic. They string one another out. Lucic lands a jumping right, and another right. And a All right. <laughs> Who won the fight? To destroy them. Let's go, Lucic. Okay. And this one 
will be a fight, and it's Cody McLeod and Milan Lucic. They string one another out. Lucic lands a chopping right, and another right, and a blistering straight right hand that drops Cody McLeod. There you go. That was an interesting play. Hendricks elbowed Subban. Obvious penalty. Yep. Uh, perhaps uh, Subban made sure everybody from here to Tuck to Yuck saw it. Yep. Uh, Boteto came in, fight, fought Hendricks. Didn't last very long, but they both got fighting majors. McLeod kind of skated up to Lucic and said, what are you doing? And uh, they decided to go as well. And there was a fight earlier in the game in the first period. Uh, Patrick Maroon fought Austin Watson, who was then drilled by Lucic behind the Oiler net in the third period and then went back like well after the whistle. And that's one of those plays. And I, 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 look, I'm not just picking on the opponent because we've seen Oilers do things. Yep. And I, I'm even thinking of that football game last week. Travis Kelsey, really good tight end for Kansas City. Whistle goes. He just drills, drills. the Pittsburgh. I, I mean, I don't know, Rob. We know it's an emotional game, and we've talked about you know Benoit Pouliot taking frustration mm-hmm. penalties sometimes. But when they're well after the whistle like that, or 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 an unsuspecting guy, that's really got to drive coaches and teammates nuts. It, it does. Now everybody has one of those moments. Uh, you go through any team, and they'll and you interview each guy, and they'll tell you the one. You know what? I did this one time. It was dumb. And it, and it cost us. It's when it's done repetitively, that's when you have an issue. Now, I don't know Watson at all. I've never seen him play before, or I don't recall if I had. So I don't know if this is something that is he's known for. But there's players, if you if you look on the, well, let's go to the National Predators, uh, a Johansson or an Ellis or a P.K. Subban or, or a Forsberg, they take abuse every night. And they're because they're their better players, so they're going to get slashed, they're going to face wash, they get hammered, and they've got to bite their tongue, suck it up, and continue on doing what they're doing. So when you're a kid like Watson who takes a big hit, well, then you got to suck it up. You can skate over by Lucic afterwards, and you can talk to him, and you can say, "All right, you can fight him," you can say, "Or I'm going to get even," or whatever. But to come over in front of the ref when you're already shorthanded with five minutes to go in a hockey game, you're winning by a goal, and you are on the playoff cut line. That This could have been a huge point loss for the National Predators, all because you were embarrassed by how bad you got hit. So uh, I, I was shocked that he got another shift after that. <laughs> uh, Laviolette is a, a better man than me. I would not have given him that opportunity. Um, but it, it's it's a... I, I watched him the entire time he was in the penalty box. His head was down. He knew how stupid that was. And it's a learning thing that hopefully going forward, he doesn't make that dumb mistake again. Predators get out of town with a 3-2 shootout win. We'll get some comments from their dressing room, and we'll go back to the Oilers' room and hear from Cam Talbot, the first star in tonight's game. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perrins Team Broadcast Center. winning streak comes to an end. They do get a point as the Predators... Win 3-2 in a shootout. Edmonton's record 25-15-8. They're going to be back at it against Calgary tomorrow night. We'll talk about that one as we move along tonight. P.K. Subban activated this afternoon. He missed 16 games back in the Predators lineup. His comments for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Uh, maybe on the game first, P.K., you guys carried a lot of the play tonight. I feel like uh, probably deserve both of those points. Yeah, you know, they're, they're a good team, but uh, I think that we wanted to build off our win yesterday, and I think that uh, right from the start, we we came out hard. We, we executed. We did exactly what we wanted to do, and um, you know, I, th- I felt we were the better team today. 
How'd you feel out there? I felt okay. You know, it's been about five, five and a half, maybe six weeks that I haven't been in a game, so it's been a while, but uh, I felt pretty comfortable out there. You know, I think sometimes I probably could have done a little bit more, but, you know, I just wanted to keep the game simple today and get my feet under me and just build slowly. So, you know, when our team's playing as well as they are, you know, there's no need for anybody to do anything special. Pretty intense and emotional to come back into that game after a long injury, PK? Yeah, but, you know, what? I felt pretty comfortable. I didn't, you know, there were no nerves or anything like that. I just, you know, tried to come out and feel the game out. And, uh, like I said, when our team's playing the way we're playing right now, the game's pretty easy out there. At what point did you know you were good to go tonight? Uh, well, I knew I was good to go yesterday. You got hit at all by the Hendrix hit? Oh, you mean the one that hit me? Maybe I am, because I just didn't even remember. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, you know what? Uh, to be honest with you, he's... He's not a dirty player, so I don't think he did it on purpose. But, you know, whether it was his elbow or his shoulder, something hit me in the chin. And, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure I got up right away because I didn't want to go to the quiet room. I felt fine. So, you know, but, uh, you know, those things happen in hockey. They, they play hard, especially that line, and things will happen sometimes. But, um, you know, no no harm, no foul. Okay, how long do you think it will take for you to get that your feet under you, as you said, and get back to the way you were playing before? I don't know. Just taking it one day at a time, so... You know, that's that's it. Just uh, take it one step at a time. I mean, uh, just like anything else, you don't ever put a deadline on anything. You just do what you can every day. Thank you. Thanks, PK. All right, PK Subban back in action tonight. Took that elbow from uh, Matt Hendricks, but uh, joked about it a little bit. But he says he is uh, he's he's okay. You were now Subban was on some of the power play. Probably not as much as, as you would usually expect. I mean, Ellis is a pretty good option out there. Yep. I mean, I wonder if that was partially, too, just because it was his first game back. Yeah, I mean, I, I would hope so, because if you just made, you traded your leader, your best player for a decade for for this guy, P.K. Subban, you better be using him in the position that he's going to have the most success, and he's going to give your team the most success, and that would be on a power play, especially a five-on-three. I just did. He has got an intimidating shot. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the three guys defending, you've got to take that shot away because you've got to uh, be wary of it. And they didn't, so that all of a sudden opens up other options. Not having him out there, I thought, benefited the Oilers' penalty killing. 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Brad writes, guys, don't you think the Oilers have a problem with their breakout? Other teams do more short passes in their zone to maintain control as they leave. The Oilers tonight seem to try too many stretch passes where the forward tips it into the other zone, but that system loses possession and leads to getting outshot and outchanced. Well, if you want to be a successful team and have be a puck possession team, then yes, coming out of your own zone, short passes with support. That is the key. You've got to have support. There's got to be 10-foot pass to one guy, then that next support guy gets over there, 10-foot pass. You come out with speed and you come out with numbers. When you do stretch passes, a lot of the times it is just to get yourself out of trouble, to get yourself a change because you're not really creating a lot of offensive chances out of it because one guy's usually standing real high, standing still. So there are there is a time and place for the stretch pass if you're trying to beat a certain kind of forecheck. Um, tonight, I, I just think Nashville just was a little bit better tonight in, in most facets of the hockey game, and they caught the Oilers off guard at times. Cam Talbot, great job to help the Oilers get a point in this one. Back down to the Oilers' room. Here's the goalie. 
It's kind of frustrating, but uh, just uh, how busy you were and uh, the disappointment of them getting maybe just a one goal. I mean, it's always disappointing when you lose in a shootout like that. It's, uh, you never want to give up any points, especially now. We need to start um, separating ourselves from the teams below us and trying to catch the guys ahead of us. So um, anytime you give up a point, it's uh, never good, but we got one tonight and we'll, we'll move on from there. No, I think there's three of our guys in the lane, and they all just kind of moved and just let the floater come in. And I didn't see it till the last second. It looked like Brandon got a finger on it or something. I'm not sure, but I didn't see it come through on any of them. able to. It's kind of hard maybe to appreciate someone's game while you're in the game, but Milan Lucic was well as advertised. I mean, tonight he did just about everything. Yeah, I think that's what we need from him night in and night out. He was a, a force out there. You could tell he's uh, laying the body, playing physical. Uh, he's creating space for guys, and then he got the big goal there to, to give us the extra points. So uh, that's what we need from him uh, every night, and uh, I think he we know that uh, he can do that. Read that's Cam Talbot. All right, so do we see Cam Talbot in Calgary tomorrow? Um, yeah, we'll probably we'll see him there. He'll be yes. there. Um, well, here, here's your option. You go to Brassois, who's fresh, but you're putting him in a situation where you're playing a big game on Saturday night against your provincial rival, and, and Leroy hasn't got a win yet in the National Hockey League. That's a lot of pressure to put on the kid. This is a big stretch of games the others are in with a bunch of road games. You want to get off on a good foot. So if, if they go back with Cam Talbot, I would understand that, and I would, I would say, yeah, that's the right call. But to do that, you've got to go to Cam. You've got to go to the goalie coach. And as coaches, you've got to sit and discuss, is he physically ready to play tomorrow night? Is he going to benefit, or is it going to be detrimental to him? Because you're not just thinking one game now. You're thinking Cam Talbot, okay, we need him down the stretch. If we've got 40 games left or whatever, we've got 38 games left, he's got to play 34 of them. When are you going to give him a break? Is this the one you want to give him the break on or not? Predators beat the Oilers 3-2 in a shootout. The shootout went like this. Letestu stopped. Ellis scores. Maroon stopped. Neal scores. And that was it. The Predators get the extra point tonight. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Here. This is Overtime Open, open Line. line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Got a great tweet here from Vince who says, My first call to John Short when I was in junior high was to trade Essa Tikkanen for Alexander McGilney. Huh. He says he's, due, trade. says he's due for, due for a call. I don't think we heard from him. But uh, fitting with many trade proposals from fans tend to favor your favorite team. <laughs> True. I mean, I... I... I, 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 was, I wonder what the age was at that time for the players. Was that when McGillney was scoring 85? Was that Essa near the end of his career? It would be interesting. Imagine McGillney playing on a line with Wayne and Yari. Would have been all right. They would have, Wayne would have had options then who he's going to pass to. <laughs> with Essa, Essa was good, but he kind of leaned to the right side with Yari. But he would have had two pretty good players there. Predators win tonight 3-2 in a shootout. The Oilers are now 25-15-8. and eight on the season in terms of the standings Anaheim 61 points San Jose and Edmonton both have 58 now the Sharks have two games in hand so the Oilers are third in the Pacific Division Nashville and Calgary have the two wild card spots they're seven points behind the Oilers Vancouver is the best non-playoff team 
and they're eight points behind the Oilers. So, I mean, man, if the Oilers could win tomorrow and get nine points up on the Flames, that would be big. It's amazing. When you play a team that's chasing you, we always used to say it's a four-point game, and it is, because this could send, I mean, this could put Calgary away as far as catching the Edmonton Oilers, if the, if the Oilers were to, to go up by nine. On the other hand, if the Calgary Flames win in regulation, it's at five. The Oilers are in a really tough little stretch coming up. Uh, all of a sudden, the Calgary Flames will have belief that they not only can they make the playoffs as a wild card, but they can catch the Oilers in the division. And then later in the week, it's a couple of days away, but the Oilers are going to play in Anaheim, a team they're chasing, and in San Jose, a team they're tied with. So uh, pretty exciting next few games for the Edmonton Oilers. All right, Predators, good uh, swing through Alberta for them. They beat Calgary 4-3. They beat the Oilers 3-2 in a shootout. Here's their head coach, Peter Laviolette. Peter, do you think the quality of your team's effort was more impressive tonight because it was the second half of a back-to-back game? Uh, they thought they were both good games. You know, I've liked every game on the road trip so far. I don't think we got the results we should have in Vancouver. Um, but, you know, the, starting with the Colorado game, our guys have played really well. So tonight was just an extension of it. I think what's impressive about it is that, you know, we, when you play the night before, it's a little bit of a disadvantage. You get a team that's sitting here waiting for you. You're in their building, and um, you're dealing with just other things. Well, you know, a late night travel. So for that, for me, and I think that they got a heck of a hockey team too. So for that, it was a, it was a real good effort. In that first game back, what were you looking for from P.K. Subban? How do you think I thought he played a really strong game. He played a really simple game. He moved the puck well. He hit his outlet passes and defended well. I thought he, uh, you know, coming in, we are trying to keep him around 20 minutes, but probably get up there a little bit just because of, you know, some of the extra stuff that was going on in the ice. So the balance as a coach, when a player comes back from injury, trying to manage those situations, but also knowing that you need to get him out there. Well, we kept checking with him, um, you know, as the game was going on. And, you know, um, Matt Irwin went in the penalty box. If we didn't use him, much on the penalty kill but we had told him that if the game was on the line and it was late in the game that we would see how it was going with him and assess the situation and that was an opportunity for him to go in and kill some minutes and uh, you know, he responded well with everything he did a good job tonight you guys responded well physically as well yeah physical yeah yeah it was it was good i mean you know i think that some of the guys that are in the lineup they bring some energy to it harry zolmerchuk brings some energy and Waddy's been a physical presence for us, and you pick up McLeod, and that's a physical presence for us. And I thought those guys have done an unbelievable job of just shooting some energy through the locker room. And then when it is physical, because Edmonton is not only built with skill, they're built with physicality as well. And I think our guys did a good job of just standing up and, and being accountable to it. They did. Peter Laviolette, 499 regular season wins now as an NHL head coach. With his win last night in Calgary, he passed Glenn Sather for 26th all-time. He's tended to do well everywhere he stays. Now he's, he's moved around a bit. Uh, what are we looking at? Islanders. Carolina. Carolina. Nash. Was there another Philadelphia. One Philadelphia. Yes, yep. Philadelphia in, in between. But uh, clearly a guy. I, I think he, he prefers more of an up-tempo pace than maybe what the Predators organization had in the past. And they were they've they're still I think known for more for defense and goaltending, but uh, I mean I thought Johansson had a had a great game tonight. Yeah. I think I think Arvidsson can be dangerous. I, I, you know what I did bring this up during the intermission. That first goal, how did that start? Bad angle shot, right? Johansson threw. Now he was close to the net. It wasn't all the way along the yeah. goal line, 
but he was barely above the goal. A bad angle shot that bounced directly out front. Well, and we keep talking about it. it, it I mean, I used to love it because it creates a scoring chance. A goalie cannot turn and face you because he, he's looking at the side, so he can't square up. And, and anyone that's ever been around minor hockey and talking with the kids on the ice and the goalies, it's always square up, square up. You can hear coach, parents yelling in the stands, square up. Well, when the puck's coming from the side, you can't square up. So you're not swallowing pucks that come into you. They're hitting you, and they're hitting you at an angle, and the angle shows that it's going to go back out into the slot area. That at that point it becomes a free for all, and when it hits you and goes in the slot, it could hit someone's skate, hit someone pats and then pants and go somewhere else. Now all of a sudden there's a scramble in front. That an offensive player always has the advantage because he's looking forward. The defensive player always loses track of the puck because he's trying to find you, and just takes one whack to put the puck in the net. So, uh, yeah, it, if you've got no play, throw the puck on net. No coach will ever complain at it. Uh, you know, it wasn't a great game, obviously, 5-on-5 five five for the Oilers. Special teams-wise, they were 1-for-4 on the power play, including the tying goal, and they killed off all five Predators' man advantages, including a minute seven of a two-man advantage in the first period. So, you know, that was key to salvaging a point tonight as well. What do you think was the key to the Oilers' penalty killing? Aggressiveness. The Oilers are a very aggressive penalty-killing team, and they don't let you set up. Now, obviously, on the five-on-three, they couldn't be aggressive, and in that case, it's getting into lanes, getting into passing lanes, getting into shooting lanes. Force them to take something from the outside. You don't want them coming through, normally it's called through the box, but through the triangle, mm -hmm. and allow have a backdoor open net. The Oilers didn't allow that. They forced shots from a long ways out, and then they got in the lanes and blocked them. So... Uh, I would think tonight's game, a lot of it is on the backs of the penalty killers. Penalty killers and the goaltending, they're the ones that got the, the extra point or the point for the Edmonton Oilers in this game. All right, 3-2, the Predators win in a shootout. We're coming right back at you tomorrow night, 6.30 for the face-off show. The game starts at 8. Oilers at Flames, fourth and final meeting of the season between the two. The Oilers are going to try to win all four. I want to thank Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening, back at 6.30. Chet, our engineer here at Rogers Place, Troy Bowler. You can get uh, more on the Oilers. There's some additional post-game interviews there as well on the Oilers page on 6.30chet.com. Rob, have a great night. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you in a few hours. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perenna Team Broadcast Center, uh, Center in a shootout. Predators 3, Oilers 2. Have a great night. Thank you.